politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen yearning to fight for everything that matters here at Sierra Podcast to close out the week at Blaze Media on Friday, June 16th. Your host, Daniel Hurwitz, back here today. Only one day left to the week, but it feels like we have tons of days because our task is unlimited. Or is it? That's really the fundamental question. To anyone involved in conservative politics, anyone who claims to be a conservative of some sort, anyone who claims to be upset with the status quo, are you really bothered by it? Does it really bother you? Or do you like the entertainment? And that's what we're going to find out with. I have never seen an era like this in politics where we find therapy in talking about the problem, even as the problem gets worse. Never have we had so many existential threats to our way of life that continue to get worse on every front. The left is succeeding on the Agenda 2030 green energy stuff, on the crime, immigration, tranny stuff. The backlash is growing, but but the actual you know, growth of trannyism is, is exploding. The vaccines, even the COVID ones, much less the other ones, continuing. They just approved the, another booster. They, they are still winning, even as our people are happy about owning the left. You know, I was, I was speaking with Steve last night. We're, we're talking privately, and we kind of came to this analogy. Some people won't like, but I'll say it anyway. It almost feels like you're headed on a train to a gas chamber. And it's inexorably going there. It's there's no plan in place to stop it and slash the axles there of the train and, and jump out. But you have monitors on in the in the cars showing some sort of play on loop of Kevin McCarthy owning a CNN reporter you never heard of, or, or Trump doing it, or someone similar to that. And that's enough to emotionally satiate you. Do we want to be the people in that hypothetical scenario? Because increasingly, that's what it feels to me. Everyone's very happy. Oh, my YouTube is up this, and my social media numbers are up to this, and I got my great talking point. At the end of the day, what we're doing is clearly not working. And, and we're actually winning on the issues in terms of if you poll people, they would agree with our talking points. We have more data, more science behind everything we're seeing. But that stops at the point of implementation. There is nobody successfully stopping this stuff. So I want to start with that and then eventually head to immigration, which is another great example of this. But first, our sponsor today, Refuge Ghost. Speaking of the Third Reich, well, the Fourth Reich has technology that the Third Reich did not have. Our government has the ability to monitor you wherever you are. If you have a phone on you, even if it's turned off, um, the microphones and cameras and location tracker still work. And and that's even the private tech people, certainly the FBI. Who knows what they have? That's why I use Refuge Ghostly for my phone. It's made in America from American buffalo leather. It blocks 5G signals that other Faraday sleeves miss. And it's the only Faraday sleeve that blocks signal and sound. So they added a sound blocking panel on each side 
that keeps conversations private. That's right. Right now on my desk, I'm obviously not using my phone during the show. Why have it exposed to this vulnerability longer than I need it? Um, so I just have it, you know, in in the in the pouch. But you could have it on you. It's not some sort of a metal box. It looks cool. It feels great. So you can have it in your pocket as well. Um, you can't be too careful these days. So visit refugeprivacy.com. Use promo code Daniel to save 10% off your order. That's refugeprivacy.com, promo code Daniel for 10% off. So unbelievably, yesterday, they approve another booster after everything we talked about. The Pfizer document, 5 million adverse events they knew about, every organ system. But they're able to look you in the eye and not just not take them off the market and put these people in jail, but have another booster. Yeah, it's not working. It's negative effective. All this data on negative efficacy and side effects, they approved it. The Verbac, the FDA advisory committee, went ahead and approved a booster for the fall, which by the time the fall comes around, you'll have another variant. And it's like, wait, what? How could that happen? And literally, safety was never brought up a single time. And it's the same thing. This is this is the legacy of warp speed. Warp speed was not an anomaly that maybe was wrong, but, but it's over with. It is the new framework. So they just put a bunch of antibodies in, in, a, in a mouse, and they're like, oh, look, look, it worked. Antibodies. That's literally what they do now. And the FDA will approve it based on that. Maybe they did in some humans too, but there's no clinical trial. They prospectively say whatever ingredients, and, and they're constantly, it's not just the booster, like the new variant stuff, they're constantly changing what, what the hell they put in it. it. It doesn't matter. It's a free-for-all. So if you would poll people, Daniel, should we, are you concerned about AEs? Are you concerned about efficacy? This is not January 2021. We have won on the issue, theoretically. But at the implementation level, we haven't. And the answer is, as to why they're so brazen, because name me the number of Republicans, and certainly ones with power and influence, that have mentioned the Pfizer document, have mentioned any of the things that have come out. I mean, they're like, yeah, it's negative effective because it's creating antigenic uh, drift, chasing variants, so let's continue chasing variants. There's a new Cleveland Clinic study that blatantly says, Adults not up to date, meaning that didn't have the last booster, have a lower risk than those who did. I believe it's a 23% spread. That's pretty big. You have a 23%. So in other words, the the odds ratio, you set an odds ratio at one. If you didn't get the booster, your odds ratio is at 0.77 to get COVID. And they're like, yes, let's, let's approve a new booster. Through the front door. Facts simply don't matter. They simply don't matter. It's unreal. I don't know what it's going to take. But you at a minimum need a unified voice with the power of a political party behind it. They have control of the House. We have to struggle, like we talked about yesterday, to ban mandates. Which we see if they'll leave in the final budget bill. But how is it that two and a half years into this genocide, the Democrats 
are, aren't ashamed to even ask for any HHS funding to fund the COVID shots. We're not even on, you know, we're talking about the RSV shots, but they're still on the COVID shots. And you might laugh and say, ah, no one's going to get it. I mo- most people won't. But remember, they're moving from a pandemic, like, urgency that you must get it. Like, well, no, I, I already had COVID. I don't need it. To, oh, no, no. But this is like a flu shot for the fall. Endemic. That's going to rope in a lot of people. Well, that's their fault. Well, it's your fault for getting an abortion, too. But, you know, we try to block it if you're pro-life. So that's my point. It's like you could have a million studies showing they're going to destroy the world with COVID shots. They're going to destroy the world with the invasion at the border. They're going to destroy the world with the release of all these criminals. They're going to destroy the world with their economic policies and their energy policies. But at the end of the day, every day they're expanding them. We could laugh at solar and wind all we want, and we're right to laugh at it, and I think the public would agree at this point, the majority. We'll talk about this a little bit more next week. Brian Kemp is inviting, he, he said he wants Georgia to be the capital of electric vehicles. He's inviting the great transition into his state and wants to be a leader in it. So at every point where Republicans in in the abstract say Biden is destroying the country and they want to fight it, depending on the issue, they range from MIA in terms of the battlefield leverage points that you need to actually affect change on that to downright supporting the other side. It's truly unreal. You know, we talk about crime all the time, how, how terrible it is with what's going on with crime. Let me tell you, it's getting worse. I don't know if you guys saw this story from another New York subway story. But by the way, this is happening, not so much the subways, but just in general on the streets in cities like Houston and Memphis and Red States. But there was this guy, DeVictor Quadrago, 36, an illegal alien. This is America embodied in this story, story the Fourth Reich. 36-year-old illegal who was convicted of attempted robbery in Queens, New York in 2009, sentenced to three and a half years, and somehow he's still here. I don't know if he had more of a record. I'm just kind of reading from the New York Post. So this week, he was attacking people on a subway and then punches a woman in the face. His bo- Her boyfriend, Jordan Williams, who's black, by the way, you know tussles with him and winds up killing him and and you know there's tons of witnesses it's obvious it's not like he just went and killed him it was a big tussle he was fighting for his own life it was quintessential self-defense there's like no questions asked about it he was arrested he was arrested and charged with manslaughter you literally do not have a right to self-defense and 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 by the way this guy's black even so we know a black, you know, if you're a white person, you don't have a right to self-defense. But I guess illegal aliens are higher on the totem pole because that's how they're, the Fourth Reich works. It doesn't work with law and justice. It works with identity. And you do not have the right to self-defense. I mean, this is a big thing. You know, one of the things I would like to see from presidential candidates, and, and normally, and this needs to be done in the red states, and I don't like 
dealing with crime policy at a federal level. But this is such a severe right. It's the right to a, to a fair jury of your peers. The way the country is nowadays, there needs to be a federal law stating giving the right to a defense attorney to assert political bias based on the identity of the individual and the circumstance of the crime and the nature of the victim and just what's going on where they could request you know, a 50-mile perimeter of a jury pool outside of that area to have a more equitable jury pool. But I'm just telling you, the crime and self-defense things are getting worse and worse and worse. Truly unbelievable. Our next sponsor today, Patriot Mobile. Another way to hit back against the Fourth Reich is to stop funding it. And the Fourth Reich is a public-private partnership. All of the big three wireless carriers are totally in with the government on spying on you, on funding the woke agenda. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks. What does that mean? You could get the same coverage, keep your phone, keep your number. You're just not keeping the woke policies. Uh, they actually fund legal defense operations that fight for you know Second Amendment, sanctity of life, religious freedom, and things like that. So join the movement today of people switching the exodus from T-Mobile and Verizon, AT&T. Go to patriotmobile.com slash CR or call 878-PATRIOT. Again, get free activation today with offer code CR. Ask about their coverage guarantee while they're there because if you don't like it, you can switch back. patriotmobile.com slash CR or call 878-PATRIOT. So... The problem that I see we have today is we don't fully believe in the talking points we espouse. It's talking point deep and no further. Because if you really did, you wouldn't be satiated on the show. See, back in the day, politics was like sports. You know, life was kind of normal. We have our feelings about certain things, but it didn't directly affect you in the way it would now. You go back to the 80s, 90s, so it's all right, all right. You know, it's interesting. Ah, that's great. Like, you know, that, that was a great play down the field, like sports. So that was a great clip, and he really owned him there at the committee hearing, and, you know, I, I love that. And politics was kind of like sports. The problem is my colleagues are still treating it like sports when it's not, and this is how we had Fox News, which was the arbiter of conservative thought for a generation. And we knew this the whole time. They were literally on the other side, yet they owned us. You cannot imagine the cascading effect of the candidates they elevated, the personalities they elevated. We are where we are because of Fox News. Matt Walsh broke news. He got internal documents obtain a Fox Corps celebrating Pride Month by encouraging employees to read about glory holes, supporting a group that gives sterilization hormones to homeless youth and deployed woke AI to monitor everyone. Documents were um, just explicit stuff, just promoting just the most disgusting homosexual porn. Um, and it, he, he has it all on his, um, on his Twitter at Matt, Matt Walsh blog. So you could check it out. But that's my point. We have been a fake opposition. And let, and let me say something very interesting that I've been struggling with for a while. You know, last decade, a big issue of mine, and you know, during Trump's presidency, long before Trump himself said it, 
I raised the awareness that, you know, 9-11 was fundamentally a problem of bringing the Muslim Brotherhood and this festering kind of like what you see in Europe, um, tripling our Muslim immigration after um, after 9-11 rather than, you know, putting a moratorium on it. And you don't, you know, when you're supposedly at war with something, you don't bring it in in large numbers. And you, know, you have a few here and there is, is one thing. But when you have so much, you're bringing Sharia to your shores. And I talked about, you know, just subverting our culture. And here we are in 2023. And I'm thinking, it's not that anything I was saying was wrong and not that I, I don't still believe in it in, 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 in a large degree. But subverting what culture? Here's the irony. See, you can only have a subversion if there's a vacuum to fill, if the incumbent power is weak. So because Europe was always weak, it was taken over by Islam quicker than America, and it was taken over by the pagan agenda quicker. But what's interesting now is, it's come full circle to the point that the Judeo-Christian core of America has become so sparse and weak, it allowed both Islam to take root, but also the pagan jihad, the rainbow jihad, to take root, that now we're at the point where the rainbow jihad is a much greater threat than the Islamic jihad. And then the final step is where, ironically, it's the Muslims are the only ones who truly believe in things to serve as their own core. They've become a strong core that could now repel the rainbow jihad, whereas the other religions cannot. This is a story from Channel 4 out of um, Hamtramck, Michigan. After hours of debate and hearing from residents, Hamtramck City Council has passed a resolution to ban, ban, fly, ban pride flags. They had public comment. Um, there were big displays of public disapproval. Proposed resolution was followed by public displays of two women kissing. The resolution proposed by Mayor Pro Tem Muhammad Hassan, I mean, that's what you got there, stated the city would not allow any religious, ethnic, racial, political, or sexual orientation group flags to be flown on the city's public property. The only flags that would be allowed would be the American state and city flags. As well as, like, prisoner of war flags, they put. I mean... Dude, look, this is me saying it. You're not going to get more of a hawkish voice than me on the concern of Islam taking over our cities. But here we have the only city I found this is not a deep Christian city, a Muslim city saying we will only fly the American flag. I mean, this is unbelievable. And I, and I think this is not by accident. You see, I think those people... Say what you want about them. I'm sure there's a lot of beliefs we wouldn't like and are concerned about. But they believe that the homosexual agenda is an existential threat to humanity. They don't talk about it. They don't say, oh, we're Bible, Christian conservatives, this and that. No, they believe in the Quran, whatever it is. But, you know, like every, you know, older religion... It adopted, um, you know, the Jewish Bible tenets that the Christians adopted and the Muslims adopted. Every major religion understands that that is a grave sin 
and it's part of a broader agenda that is extremely destructive to civilization. But the difference is, Islam is the only religion that still has a core where they actually believe it beyond talking points. They will do something about it. Why can't we be like that? And I will tell you quite bluntly, things will continue to get worse on the tranny front and really every other front until we develop a core that believes in our supposed stated values as vigorously as these you know, Michigan area Muslims believe in their values, which we supposedly share in that respect, but clearly don't. That's what it all boils down to. So I want to take this discussion to our next guest. Our interview segment today is sponsored by our friends at BarrelBuddy.com. Don't fret about cleaning your guns. Think it's messy. It's annoying. Um, first off, don't pay money to have the range master or whatever clean it. Watch YouTube videos. It's very simple. Most guns, the takedown is simple. But then what are you going to use? Don't use those old cloths that shed. Use Barrel Buddy. It's a cartridge that's specially designed to compress perfectly into your barrel and have an action that, that pushes outward, pushes the carbon sediments out. It also could be used against all the other metallic areas to just rub against it. I usually use about three or four of the, their cartridges per cleaning. You get 50 of them. Um, you know, they come in each cal- caliber. So you got, yeah, you know, obviously the rifle rounds, you got uh, 357 Magnum. I have nine millimeter for all my guns. 15 bucks for just 50 barrel buddies. So don't neglect your gun. Give it a bath. Clean it. That's the safe and responsible thing to do. Go to BarrelBuddy.com today. That's BarrelBuddy.com today. So we're talking about the appalling gap between the rhetoric and results of Republicans, of conservative talkers. They complain about an issue and feel like they're almost winning it. Ha ha, the left is getting crushed on this. Look, they're doing that. Ha ha ha. You know, we'll kill them on that. But then the policy just continues and and we don't do anything about it. And we see that everywhere. And and I think nowhere is this more evident than with immigration. So on the one hand, for the first time ever, on paper, you have kind of a unified front. You know, for years, if we had to fight through most Republicans, were downright apathetic to the border and were promoting amnesty. Now, a lot quietly still are. But, you know, on paper, all the GOP leaders are like, yeah, the border, Biden's terrible, look what he's doing, look what he's doing. And it looks like we almost solved that. We have universal um, resolve on paper to do something about it. But at the end of the day, it keeps going on. Now, there's another theme I want to weave into this is that the left is so good at in order to continue this rhetoric versus results game flowing, keeping the GOP conservatives satiated with talking points, but not feeling the urge that they're fighting for their lives to actually leverage strategic moments to change policies, they want to make sure they don't take it quite too far. Now, there's a lot of tolerance. We saw that with COVID. Lockdown, 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 right until the point where there would have been a rebellion, they release it, go to mask. Same thing with that, finally release it. Same thing with vaccine mandates. They take it up to a point, and when they see there's going to be a full-scale rebellion, they do a strategic retreat. But if you look carefully, 
they're actually continuing the policy in the long term, but just let out enough of the air out of the balloon to keep it going. So we thought we finally reached that critical mass at the border that, you know, we had 100,000 every month, didn't do anything. Went up to 150, 200, went over 200. And those are just the known apprehensions. And then we had these, like, massive caravans. We're going to come in. Title 42 is over with. But then it kind of it kind of dissipated, at least to the naked eye. You don't see much coverage. And they claim the numbers are going down. And, all right, so there's no urgent need for Republicans to fight on the budget bill. You know, because if you had this going on during the budget fight, then there would be more of a chance that they'd hold up funding for DHS until they agree to end catch and release. But no, I mean, it's still kind of going on, but the White House is claiming it's going down. So who else am I going to call on to give us a briefing on what is and isn't going on than the man himself, boots on the ground, Todd Benzman, longtime friend of the show. Uh, He's the senior fellow for security studies at the Center for Immigration Studies. Um, you can follow him at Benzman Todd. It's a must follow. He also has, make sure to pick up his new book, Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in History. Hey, Todd, it's only been two weeks, so, you know, I'm atoning for my sin. I'm focusing uh-huh. on the border. How are you? Yes. Uh, so good to have you back. <laughs> so, yeah, do good. Well, there's there's too much Doing to well. fight on, but but this is one of them that I thought was like, oh my gosh, this is it. So I thought when I had you on a couple weeks ago, this was going to be the breaking moment. But then all of a sudden it, it went quiet. And, and the White House is saying that unlawful entries are down 70%, that rather than blowing it up, ending Title 42 worked out to be amazing. What is and isn't going on at the border? Okay, well, the first thing that Uh, you and your listeners need to know is that the mass migration continues at the same pace as before it went quote-unquote quiet. Just as many people are coming through, pouring over the border and into U.S. cities as as before Title 42 ended, and uh, as many as have been crossing since Inauguration Day, Biden Inauguration Day. It just went underground to where you can't see it. They moved it under a shroud that's not visible and then claimed success. They ended it. You can't see it. If you can't see it, that means the problem is solved in their in their narrative, right? Um, let me just describe what I mean by that, though. Uh, it is that the people that used to come between ports of entry through the brush and give up and turn themselves in by, you know, the thousands, we'd see some of those on Fox News drone cameras, right? Uh, What they've done is they have rechanneled them to the ports of entry Mm -hmm. under the sun awnings and inside the buildings there under a new scheme where they make appointments to cross with permission on an online app, on a cell phone app called CBP-1. CBP-1. CBP-1 is the app that the government rolled out and is uh, strongly encouraging all would-be border crossers to use instead of crossing illegally because they know it looks terrible when they cross illegally. And they know that when you cross at a port, you know, the highways, the all the people crossing legally uh, back and forth that 
you can't see them then. They're, they're, they look like everybody else, anybody else with a backpack. Uh, they're crossing through there. Well, those lines are hundreds of yards long now of people ca- crossing in that way. And the government is moving them in illegally. It's the government that has taken on the illegal crossing onus. And um, by handing out these permission slips that are not authorized by Congress or by anyone, they just said, we're going to just give you permission slips to enter the country. And guess what? The permission slips come with two-year work authorizations as a added incentive to not cross illegally uh and so um, we we don't know how many really are crossing this way because the biden administration is purposefully hiding the numbers they will not publish those numbers members of congress have demanded those numbers i have demanded those numbers my organization center for immigration studies we finally have been forced to sue and have an active lawsuit uh, against the administration demanding the numbers, the, the data, so that when they say, oh, the numbers of uh, illegal crossers are down 70%, they won't show you the numbers uh, coming that they just rechanneled through the ports. And that's what's happening. That's one of the main ways. now. My boss, Mark Krikorian, over at the center, recently wrote a piece for uh, National Review uh, where he took a small piece of data that they inadvertently released publicly about how many are coming through on CBP-1, and he was able to extrapolate from that uh, to reach a conclusion that about 5,700 a day are being brought in through the ports of entry now who would have crossed illegally but now we just rechanneled them through this other thing and that uh, we're still at about um, 180,000 a month if you include those people coming through the ports and the people coming between the ports still there's still a lot of that happening so altogether the numbers are absolutely stratospheric they remain stratospheric uh, you just can't see it and so the media is just swallowing the uh, political narrative being offered the talking point wow. and they've gone away and, and frankly uh, I think go the Republicans, under the bridges with I think certain Republican leaders wanted that narrative too that um, wow I think you're right that that oh it's taken care of so we don't have to fight now again because it was reaching a boiling point so what you're telling me is that they basically worked with the cartels and said hey buddy Look, we're going to leave none of your people behind, but we we can't do it in a way that's going to embarrass us and it's going to engender outrage from the public. So let's channel it to the ports. And they're literally, I mean, statute says that anyone that doesn't come to a port with a visa and, and is otherwise authorized to enter has to be removed or denied. So he made up his own statute, his own visa program, um, here's a work authorization. And and like yes. I said, this is why I, I never liked the focus on a border wall, the fight focus on Title 42. It's we are a sovereign nation and nobody other than those under our statutorily authorized visa programs could just come to a border to enter. 
no catch and release. And if you do have a request, you can't be released into the country. It's not so much about any one, oh, Title 42 and even the border wall, because like you said, that's only if you have a country that, a government that cares about its people and isn't malfeasant. So that's a tool to help secure the border. But if you want to bring people in, well, this is a way they'll, they'll bring them to the ports. I also find it interesting that you noted, you know, I, I only have an iPhone 8 still with that home button because I need that home button. You know, so the assumption is these guys have, I thought they're the poorest people in the world. They all have, have uh, smartphones. Oh, wow, God, I've never met one who didn't. <laughs> that is, I mean, yeah, that's absolutely essential. That's as essential traveling uh, as, you know, sneakers and water everybody's got one uh, that's how you that's how you know where to go and when to go it's the lifetime intelligence wire for illegal immigrants everywhere uh and of course you know it's it's one thing to um say that you know we the numbers are down 70 percent. don't worry about it there's no fox news drones uh flying over right now etc uh, but the, what it's, it's the omission part that is working magic, political magic for the Biden administration in that they're not telling you that the numbers coming through the ports is probably up 70%, you know, <laughs> so there's, it's like a shell game where you have the peanut in one of the, under one of the three cups and you're squirbling it around and then you lift one of the cups and let's say, look, no peanut. Don't worry about these other two cups, you know, or don't worry about the. There's no peanut anymore. Go away. But that peanut is there. I'm telling you, I've been there under the bridges. I've got video of long lines of people, CBP one people waiting to get in, and, and every single one of them would have just crossed illegally and gotten in that way too. But this is all about political optics. It looks terrible to have thousands of people under a news drone uh, out there just compliantly waiting to be processed into America. Uh, This way, you're right. Republicans and Democrats alike, and I hear it all the time. I I see it all the time on Twitter. There are people are saying, but it's down 70 (laughs) percent. No, it's not. It's up 70 percent in this other category. You just don't know about it. And this is more insidious because this brings it under the fake color of law a lot more. So it's going to be, it's going to give them more of a PR slash quasi legal rationale to give them to your work permits. Cause it's not like you're crashing while you're, you're asking for entry. I mean, I would love to see the conversations with DHS and the cartels on that to be a fly on the wall, because that had to have been coordinated. Have you spoken to any of these migrants themselves? Usually you you like to talk to them and get a sense of what's incentivizing them. So they all knew about Title 42 and Title 42 going away. Did they talk about the CBP-1 app? Absolutely, yes. Uh, There's two things going on with it. For one, um, they hate it because they they have to wait. Sometimes it takes weeks to get for your number to come up. Or some of them complain about being down there waiting for months. And so on my last trip, I started to notice, I noticed in the Eagle Pass Del Rio area that family 
groups were just blowing it off and crossing illegally anyway. Now, the administration made a big sales pitch saying we are going to harshly punish anybody and everybody who crosses illegally and uh, so that they'll be incentivized to do it through the bridges. Uh, but that was not happening. None of the families that I met were being harshly punished with anything. They were just all being let in just like before. So the family units are now discovering that they can cross illegally and get in just the same, but more quickly, uh, being released uh, in, into the uh, United States. And so there are there is a yep. mad surge of family units crossing in now because they figured out that the administration was not serious about any of the things they said. And, and what's also very insidious about what you're saying is that although some, like you said, will still cross, but if they're directing a lot of them to the ports of entry – it actually bypasses what we're trying to pressure Texas authorities to do to return them because you put them under the control of the feds then. So they can't, you know, obviously Texas can't That's right. come in and kick in the doors of the CBP facilities and throw them out. You know, see if they, if they come and just held their schedule. So we're like, Hey, we grab them. We'll send them back now. Like, no, Hey, we got it. So then, you know, they have no ability to deal with it. It's disgusting. So I want to transfer this is the, or move on a little bit to Texas itself. So, Towards the end of this saga with Title 42, we started to see some evidence. You were the first to report that these videos of um, Texas DPS going to the other side of the river, putting them on the other side. Whatever happened with that? Is, is that still going on or is it irrelevant because they're not going there now? No, that is still going on because, as I mentioned, the there. first of all, there are still a lot of people crossing mm. or trying to cross. People who wouldn't qualify for CBP-1 or a lot of people now increasingly who just don't want to wait. They're getting the same benefit by crossing illegally, so why wait? And that's what they tell me. So uh, there still is a uh, need for Texas to block the riverbanks right at the riverbank, especially in the Del Rio sector. And so they are very um, – the, the state is very – actively expanding its personnel and capacity barbed wire. They're about to put uh, deploy a thousand yards of floating marine barrier uh, in the Rio Grande in that area Interesting. Uh, to block them right at the riverbank. Uh, they are coming through in increasing numbers now, uh, blowing off CBP-1. I think we are going to start to see uh, the give-ups, the mass numbers of give-ups again because – like I said, the administration's letting them all in, so, so why so not? What what I gather from what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's kind of a balance. I put myself in, in the Democrats' shoes, the White House, and on the one hand, they want to let in as many as they can. They, they want to let them in. On the other hand, they can't risk reaching a boiling point. And, and like I said, this is no different from any other policy. I saw this with COVID. They, they have to – they can't cross a certain line. So they have to find a clever way around it. And, you know, we talked about this with the pandemic. They moved it to an endemic biomedical security state now because they, you know, they couldn't do a lot of this stuff hourly that people wouldn't resonate with. So same thing here. They want to let them in. So they had to have an emergency safety valve because they were going to get overrun. And not that they cared about that, but they cared about getting politically overrun. So they routed them with the CBP-1 to the ports of entry. But you're saying it eventually would let anyone in, but it does – slow down the pace it doesn't overall reduce the numbers in the long term but like you said it's a process so it it will 
from the illegal side, from the legal aliens vantage point, some of them will have to wait too long from their perspective. I guess the cartels are fine with that. All right, you pay the peso, we'll route you there. But the illegal is like, hey, it doesn't cut it. So are you saying that over <coughs> time the dike is going to break again? <clears throat> yes, because they're figuring out that the harsh punishments that were promised are not being applied. Mm. That's why. Got so you, <coughs> if you have that, the only thing you have standing between them and the U.S. is Texas doing blocking them at the riverbank, which they they are doing. So <coughs> it's the whole thing is kind of. I mean, this is typical border policy stuff, but uh, and and the, it really just shows how dynamic things are on the border. All different kinds of factors <coughs> that come into play, but the fact is, the the bottom line is that a hundred and eighty thousand people a month are still pouring through and entering the United States and they're entering cities across America just like before in yep. the same high numbers yep. as before. Yep. That is the outcome of this. And I you might it. not be able to see it, but the same number of people are coming in. They are not blocking, stopping, deterring, deporting, detaining, doing the normal things that a country does that any, every country does, yep. uh, they are doing the opposite. They are facilitating and accommodating maximum flow. It's, it's They're unbelievable. They're facilitating and accommodating maximum flow, albeit with the nuance that it has to fit within the confines ordered. of their political um, prospects. So they're kind of balancing how they can maximize it. And, and I've seen this, and this is what I hate. I hate about the, the way we are in America now with every issue not getting resolved because it's like I always give the analogy of you choking. Well, you know, sometimes you want it to be, okay, if you can't get it up, then just let it go down. The worst is when you're perfectly at that stage of non-resolution. And what, 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 what's concerning about what you're telling me is that I was actually very happy about what I saw the trajectory because I was like, this is finally going to force a resolution. But now, look, you know, if it's if it's a flow, an annualized flow of two million illegals, that's existential. You've crossed that line anyway. So whether you have four million or not doesn't matter. But what does matter is if they're able to continue it. I mean, it's the same thing with inflation. It's come down a little bit relative to the insane peak that was unsustainable from last year. But it still needs a resolution. But they're trying to let the air out of the balloon so that there is no full scale political rebellion. And, and I feel like we really need to force people to get engaged. And one of them that's going to take people off, I want to move to the final segment here, is on the interior. You, you talked about a couple of weeks ago. You wrote some columns on it. You can go to Center for Immigration Studies where people could get your columns, click on your name. You see the chronology of your, your writings. Colony Ridge in Liberty County, Texas, 40 miles uh, northeast of Houston, right in the heart of kind of conservative East Texas country, you have this autonomous, mainly Central American <clears throat> illegals, tens of thousands, orchestrated by just unscrupulous businessmen buying up the land and then giving them these parcels for really cheap. Um, it got in the news because it was where you had this Honduran national who killed five people, this culture of violence, just shooting, discharging firearms, lawlessness there. You have some more reporting on it. Could you describe that a little bit? 
Sure. Uh, so that's uh, in Liberty County, Texas, and a couple of the surrounding counties. That's about 45 miles northeast of Houston, Texas, in pine country. Uh, and that region has become home to somewhere between an estimated 75,000 and 100,000 mostly illegal immigrants who have found that they could, with $500, own land uh, without having to show an, a history of uh, income or employment because they're buying it directly from a developer who's charging them not at least 9% interest on the loan. Uh, this has appealed to just tens of thousands of illegal immigrants from around the country. But uh, what's happening now is this huge expansion of just tens of thousands of acres. Uh, this thing is probably already 40 square miles big. And um, so I went out there this week and you know flew my drone up and took an airplane around it and just saw to the horizon clear cut uh, on every side, just the vastness of the, the illegal settlement, Ill illegal immigration uh, settlement uh, is just stunning. Uh, one of the things that, yeah, I write about this place in my book, uh, Overrun. I dedicate the full final chapter to it, but that's a book. You can't really describe this thing in words. You have <laughs> to see it. And so I went out there and showed it to people from an airplane. Uh, you could go to my Twitter page, my Twitter account, yeah. Benzman Todd, and see this footage. So I'm seeing a bunch of cleared areas and w that should be forested, that are deforested, cleared areas. So could, w what am I looking at with that? Is that the land developers are clearing it in anticipation of populating it with more Central Americans? Yes. Yes, that's what that is. You're gonna, you're you're seeing a denuded forest uh, that is being prepared for, you know, different kinds of um, shelters when the illegals finally come in and put their five hundred dollars down and take out one of these nine percent loans. Uh, the the how developer do they earn money off of that. I'm saying, how do they make it cheap enough that impoverished people could afford it? Well, uh, because, you know, you, you, you can have a 20, 30 or 40 year loan on these things. And so you can toggle uh, what your monthly, what your monthly, uh, payment is, which ultimately is going to be probably be a little bit cheaper than if you were to pay, uh, for an apartment somewhere or, uh, uh you know, to rent a house somewhere where you're not really allowed to rent because you don't have documents. So landlords charge you a lot more. So, uh, they, so here you own your own land and it's cheaper than when you have to pay to uh, illegally rent an apartment from someone or illegally rent a home from someone. And you can pile in all kinds of people there who are all working illegally uh, and paying off these loans. And, and it's great for the landlord because if you miss a couple of payments, they – uh, take it back. This has the highest foreclosure rate in America, so they take it back and resell it over and over and over again. So it's a you know billion dollar operation uh, going on here, right in the heart of Texas. Uh, this is a safe zone. ICE does no operations there. 
the illegal immigrants are buying this land because they tell me they feel safe from ICE, that nobody sweats them in, in this community. And they can work illegally and raise their kids illegally uh, for as long as they want without anybody caring or knowing anything. It's so a no-go zone. But I, I understand that. I mean, ICE doesn't really do much of anything anywhere nowadays, but the 800-pound gorilla in the room here is Texas. Where's Abbott, Patrick, you know, uh, the attorney general, the state legislature? Is, has this raised the ire of anyone? No, because, um, I mean, yes, uh, to, to some uh, the people who live there, of course, uh, you know, one town called Cold Springs right there in the area just two days ago declared a state of emergency uh, asking for state uh, intervention uh, against this, you know, massive crime wave uh, going on in their area from illegal immigrants. And um, most politicians are uh, given huge, huge uh, political donations from the developers. So Classic. everybody's making money. Everybody's doing well. Uh, Greg Abbott, I believe, has taken $1.4 million from the developer in the last few years. So we're not hearing a whole lot from him. Uh, so And everybody's making money uh, on the developments. There are stores going in. It's a big economy based on illegal immigration. But so... it's illegal. They're illegal. It's what you call a target-rich yeah. environment for any ICE, any group of state ICE law enforcement. officers. I mean, there's no way they're not breaking law. a bunch of laws in order to do that. And the, the legislature could easily deal with that. The attorney general could launch an, an investigation. So they want to complain about the border when they can't do anything about it. Oh, that's Biden, the feds. But you have this going on right in Texas. This is what I'm talking about, the appalling gap between the rhetoric of Republicans and the results. And even when things are right up their alley, um, they're, you know, because because money speaks. It's all about getting enough heated rhetoric to get elected by the GOP base, but then ensuring that nothing gets done about it. And and then the left plays the game. They, they understand the sensitivity. Hey, I know you guys got your crazy voters there. All right, so we're going to ease off here, you know, get enough of a flow in to get what we want, but kind of ease back, bait and switch. And then, you know, people forget about the issue as they quietly let them in, quietly transform our our cities, and then quietly even transform our rural landscapes. This is really scary. I really applaud you for doing work into this. And um, this is this is something that has to be spotlighted Thanks so much for what you're doing. Well, Where can one people... thing. Sure. I mean, if I, I'll just I'll leave you with this. Um, you know, one thing that I think would be helpful uh, about this is because I, I, I don't believe that this is the only they call these colonias. And I believe that we are going that these things are already rising in cities across America in states across America. This cannot be the only one. Uh, and I think but it's it's certainly the biggest one by number. And I think that this is a perfect tailor-made topic for a House Homeland Security Border Security uh, Subcommittee hearing or a Judiciary Committee hearing 
uh, to just bring in witnesses, ask everybody who has a stake in this thing, what's going on there? How did this develop? What are you doing as a government about the illegal immigrants that live in the open here and are breaking multitudes of laws to live there? Uh, we need to have hearings about this because this is the future, the immediate yep. future of America as a result of this mass migration now in its third year, the greatest in U.S. history. If if there's no hearing about this, then what's the point? What's the point in having uh, a country? What's the you point? Greg Abbott signed this law it. with the 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 discrimination against bald people or something, um, but then. This is the biggest subversive importation of the MS-13 culture in your in your heartland there, and I I don't know, man. You really take we need, me off. We, yeah, we need fact finding right now at the congressional level. That's what's that's yep. what's that. I think that would be more helpful than anything else because you know when when or if Republicans ever regain the White House, uh, uh, colonias like this should be top of the order of, of issues that need to be, uh, you know, resolved and managed. This is, this is just unbelievable. I mean, it just shows how small and infantile our entire political debate is. We debate nothing and then leave the main issues and, you know, we're going one by one. Where could people find more of your work um, if they're interested in getting educated on sure. this. Uh, go to toddbensman.com. Everything I do is there. Boom. I work I work for the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. My material can be found there too, but everything I do is, is, is locatable at toddbensman.com. Awesome stuff. Well, you know, Todd Bensman, big, big honor to have you on again. Overrun is the name of the new book. At Benzman Todd on Twitter. We'll see you next time very, very shortly, I guarantee you. Take care. Have a great weekend. So, folks, if you didn't fully get the drift of my analogy at the beginning of the show that, eh, we're just going down to a gas chamber, but we're happy with owning the libs, now I hope you did. Because that is the gap between what continues to actually happen on the real playing field, which is the results of real life. Versus the political up and down horse race, this and that. And what are we going to do about it? And I just, I, I'd be remiss not to end the show on a perfect parallel to Greg Abbott and, and his rhetoric on immigration, but then what's happening in the state to South Dakota and Christy Nome. Christy Nome was just literally yesterday testified before the House Natural Resources Committee about a bill, it's a, a decent bill on going after certain um, Bureau of Land Management regulations on farmers and, and ranchers, and she's talking about property rights, and we're going to save our Western farmers. And, and you guys heard the show, the rancher we had on from South Dakota a couple days ago. Like, what the heck? You literally have green energy grift on the federal subsidy dime grabbing private use eminent domain in your state. You had a bill to deal with it and you refused to support it. Every one of your chiefs of staff and lobbyists and donors are in on it, are, are part of Summit Carpet Solutions. And then you talk about an abstract property rights, but when it matters most severely in your backyard, within your purview, legally as governor, you tell this guy, I can't fight all your battles. 
That, my friends, is the Republican Party. That is the conservative movement. That is why we are where we are. That is why we're going to continue to be where we're going unless we change the game. And that's what we're working to do. I need you guys to support this show over others. One way to do that is to uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes with a comment. Hope you guys have a terrific weekend, family time, Father's Day. We'll see you back, same time, same place on Monday. God bless you all, and thank you for listening. 